What's going on, everybody? This is Stanton Moore, and you're listening to the Southpaw Podcast. We're honored that you're tuning in for this week's episode, which is part two of last week's episode, The Reconstructed Wineskin. And for this one, we bring in a special guest, Bryn Waddell. Bryn is the lead pastor of City Revival Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Bryn has really walked out this message of what it's like to build and establish a kingdom family of believers in the earth. When I was a 14-year-old kid just over 10 years ago now, Bryn was actually leading worship in the service where I had my first real encounter with the presence of Jesus Christ, and my life has never been the same again. So here we are just over 10 years later recording an episode for you guys, and we pray that it blesses you. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to the Southpaw Podcast. I'm Stanton Moore, and you're sitting here with Hunter Hudgens. And we have got Bryn Waddell, our special guest here, and we're super excited to be bringing you the third episode of the Southpaw Podcast. And this one is the Reconstructed Wineskin Part 2. Last week, for those of you that were able to join in, um, Hunter and I just really shared about uh, what we believe the Lord was raising up in the earth. It's a, it's a subject that him and I are very passionate about, that we really believe the Lord is breathing on kingdom family and building unity. And so we brought Brent in tonight. For those of you that don't know him, you're going to have the opportunity to hear a little bit of his story and his background and how he got to where he got to today. But I'll do a little bit of introduction, and then I kind of want him to just share whatever is on his heart concerning this topic. But for those of you that don't know uh, Brent, Brent serves as the lead pastor at City Revival Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And um, he took over his grandfather's church and not really sh- – Brent, I don't even know how long you've been there. Uh, eight, I'm, I'm in my eighth year now. Eighth year. Yeah. And so back when I first started encountering God in a real way as a young teenager, 14, 15, 16 years old, Bryn was uh, leading worship at a ministry called The Ramp in Hamilton, Alabama, where kids would come and gather and have radical encounters with the presence of Jesus. And I was one of those kids. And so here we are, and we're getting to record a podcast with Bryn. So it's a super cool moment. So Bryn, talk it, just share a little bit about your journey sure. and how Kingdom Family has really impacted you and kind of where you got to, how you got to where you got to today. Sure. Well, let me first say it's a joy to, to join you, man, you and your buddy Hunter. And it's, uh, it's cool to hear. Um, it's cool to hear because I'm so not a part of uh, uh, sort of anything from what I used to do. It's so cool to hear how the lasting fruit of what I was a part of many years ago is still going today. So I'm grateful that uh, I'm grateful we get to do this. But yeah, so, you know, the subject of kingdom family is is something that is important to me. And I don't think I realized it, but I really think I was sort of conditioned for it um, from my very upbringing. Um, As I've gotten older, I'm 37 now. I am more grateful for my initial upbringing than I ever have been. I grew up in a a completely non-denominational church. My grandfather was the pastor. We had no um, ties to anything, um, any type of organization or anything. I'm not saying that's necessarily always good. I'm just saying for my journey, it proved to be very prophetic in a sense. But 
and he was our our grand my grandfather was the leader of the church he did not have a board that told him what to do and how to function and how to operate and i didn't realize it at the time it's all i ever knew i didn't realize how unusual how abnormal how different that was my grandfather was a very bold man uh, at times very controversial um but he always um and, and of course, those in his generation's terms, he stood for righteousness. You know, he was he was just an awesome man. And um, it sort of automatically prepared me in some senses for uh, the apostolic and some different things I would walk into as I got older. So, you know, my journey was one of, again, like I said, I grew up in a church. My grandfather never took a salary until his way, way older years. He was always bivocational. No one that I ever knew growing up in ministry ever did it for money, ever did it for prestige, ever did it for ambition. Uh, Everyone around me as a boy really seemed to serve the Lord because they loved the Lord. Right. And uh, I had a radical encounter with Jesus, man, when I was 20. I got saved, and I still like using that term. You know, there's still a little, I still, I got born again at nine years old. And what what (laughs) was cool, what was cool about that is the, my grandfather was a Baptist minister, left the Baptist denomination because he was hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. But what was cool, and as we grew up, we were, um, and and again, as I've gotten older, I've been very grateful for this, my quote unquote ministry palette, and I use that term like like a food critic would or so my palate for, for ministry and ministry expression was very uh, diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one weekend we'd have a Baptist guy at our church preaching, you know, blood, hell, the cross, heaven, you know, hell hot, you know, heaven, glorious, all that stuff. The next, you know, the next month we'd have a guy who's a Pentecostal minister who could tell you your address and where you came from. And, you know, your all your secret sins and you're hiding your face from him. Cause you, you know what I mean? Right, and, right, uh, right. You know what I mean? You're hiding your head going, hey, don't look at me, dude. I'm 15. Don't look at me. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and so and then we would have like a Methodist guy. So what I'm saying is, is I grew up in an in an expression that was really cool, even musically. You know, a lot of people that would probably listen to your podcast knows me from more of a musical background. It's weird. My home when I growing up, that was not what I was known for. I was known for other things. But but even my musical expression, it was extremely diverse, extremely diverse. And so. There was not this sense when I was growing up, hey, I only hang around this group of people, this group of people, this group of people, whether that be religious, denominational, racial, whatever that would be. So I had I got born again at nine. You know, and then I had this radical encounter with God that I had no grid for really when I was 20. Uh, I never wanted to be in the ministry and I don't I just never had a desire to do that. I love sports. I love television. I love broadcasting. My church growing up had a television ministry all over North and South Carolina. So I wanted to be the guy who interviews Greg Popovich at the end of the third quarter, you know, after, <laughs> you know, after the Spurs are down 10 and, you know, Popovich is giving him an answer. He's being sorry. You know, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be the guy who hosted, hosted Sports Center. Or so, that's what I wanted to do. I went to college for that initially. My degree was communications out of high school. That was my, that was my area of study. Uh, at a liberal arts school here in North Carolina. And um, so that's what I was sort of headed towards. And I loved music too, but I didn't want to really, I didn't have this burning passion to do music. You know what I mean? And uh, I hated like rehearsals. I hated yeah. sound checks. 
I hate them till this to this day. You know what I mean? I I all the stuff that goes with music, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the ministry part where you get in a flow and a service and I love all that, but all the other stuff I do not mm. enjoy on any level, you know. So yeah. anyway, I had this radical encounter with right. God at twenty. And the moment that happens, I know God's calling me to do something for him. And um really then is when I started right. encountering what uh, I, I do think that my, my in my upbringing, there was some systemic thinking on some level. But frankly, we were not. A, I mean, dude, when I was when I was 15, 16, if you'd have said who is, name any famous preacher, if you'd have said, who's this guy? I would have said, does he play for the Redskins? Does he play for the Raiders? Does he play? You know, like I didn't know who these people were, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't know who these people were like on t- we did, We were not right. TBN watching people. We were not. We didn't do any of that. So, like, I I was sort of in a weird way, hidden and didn't know it. Like I was not a part of quote unquote ministry culture on any level until I went to Bible college. And, and, uh, when I got to Bible yeah. college, um, it was a rude awakening for me, honestly, Stanton. And because I, in my growing up years, I thought, Oh, I thought people served Jesus because they loved him. Well, when I got to Bible college, I realized, Oh, that's wow. not, that's not really true. You know what I mean? People do it for a variety. I mean, but even Paul mentions wow. that in the New Testament, yeah. you know, whether they whether they preach Jesus out of sincerity or out of pretense, out of sincerity, out of ambition or hunger for money, whatever it is, I'm glad they're preaching Jesus. That was Paul's take on it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I wasn't there. You know, I wasn't Come there on. at that yeah. point. You know, I was I was a 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid who was on fire for Jesus. I'm talking about burning. I mean, head to toe, son you know, ready to do anything I could for the kingdom of God. And it, and it, and it shocked me some of the things I experienced and began to experience in the world of ministry. And, um, um, I remember a young man meeting with me one day, uh, a staff member, and he was telling me, um, you know, Bryn, your passion is awesome, but one day it will, it will, it will level off and plane off and you'll be just like us. Uh, you, you'll realize this is the way church works. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I remember sitting in his office mm. and I, and I just started crying cause I'm going, I don't ever want to be like you. I don't ever want my passion to die off. I don't ever want to oh, think on. like you do. I don't ever want to mm. look on. at church as a business or as a product yes, or as a, you know, I don't want to look like, look at church members like they're customers and the gospel, like it's a product. And the church, like it's the business. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think good. that way. You know what I mean? Good. I want to love Jesus. And if it means I don't get to do ministry work, then fine. But I, I refuse to be a part of this thing that you, and, and I'm talking about this, this particular person, you know, that you call ministry. I, I don't think I can do that. Well, I had this seed planted in my heart when, when he told me that, and there's a, a, a I mean, I could, you know, you know, when they tell about the miracles of Jesus, they say, you know, the books couldn't hold all of them. If we read all of them, I have so many stories. You, I could be on here for six hours talking right. about all the stories I've gone through in the world of ministry that were hugely disappointing and, and heartbreaking. But uh, I remember when that happened to me, I met with him. Um, there was this seed planted in my heart. I mean, even little things like this, Stanton, when I, when, when I would lead worship, you know, for people at that specific place I was at, they would tell me, don't close your eyes. Don't, I mean, even, I know it's simple, but little things saying this doesn't fit our product. 
if you if you close your eyes while you're leading Whoa. worship, it doesn't fit our product. You need to keep your eyes open and you need to direct the people. Yeah. You don't need to worship the Lord yourself. That's what he was telling me. You know, you need to, you know, I remember all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And and just little things like that. And, th and those are the minor things. I'm not saying the big things because I we want to keep it PG, Stanton. Hunter, are you cool with me keeping it PG on the on the South right, Park? Right, okay, right, okay. Right. So anyway, right. um uh anyway. You know, I had this little seed, though, put in me, Stanton, that, and this was the seed, bro. This was it. It was, hey, you, you won't be able to be yourself. You won't be able to be authentic and be successful. That was, that was, oh, that was so what got stuck yeah. in my heart. Hang on. My daughter's walking out here. Excuse me, all podcasters. Yeah. Let me tell I'll, Okay, I just waved her until I was on. Excuse me, honey. I'm on a powerful, important podcast. I can't wave at you right now. No, I'm joking. No, no, no. But, um, <laughs> Um, anyway, um, I had this seed that got in my heart, Stanton, that said, you know, you can't, you can't be authentic and be successful. You're going to have to fit a mold. And the mold is this yeah. ministry, like this unspoken, you know, culture is an unspoken, but it's, a, but it's a felt thing. Culture is a unspoken, you can't fully put your finger on it, but you can feel it and you know it. But you can't fully, uh, it's not a metric. You can't put it in a metric sense at times. It's a, it's a state of mind. It's a state it's of so atmosphere. Good. And uh, there, was a, there was something that happened to me uh, in my time there. And, you know, multiple other things I experienced and saw. My first experiences in the world of big ministry, big named, big people, big influence right. ministry. And um, it was this, this, thing that was like you can't be yourself and be a part of this and so i was like mm -hmm. okay well then you know what am yeah. i going to do well i was i was so heartbreaking over heartbroken over some things and i ended up um um going to be a part of the ramp and that was a great experience for me and they were great to me stanton but the seed from a previous season was still in me to an extent and that's not their. Does that make sense to you? Right. That's not. That's not their fault. But there was Absolutely. that. There was that. There was that sort of seed in me. Like you know, you can't. You're not going to be able to be yourself, and and be, uh, be successful. And, and a lot of people were shocked to understand this. That right. dude, I never burned like to lead worship. Like I never had this great passion to lead worship. Right. Like, this is what I'm called to do. You know. And every time I say that to people, they're like, "What?" You know. I'm like bro, it's just, it's not in there. You know what I mean? I enjoy doing it because I love the Lord. Right. I love to sing to the Lord and I love to, 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 for him to use me in that way in services. But I don't have this thing in me. Like I want to make, you know, a bunch of albums and make it in music. And, and I want to be one of the, or I didn't, I'm too old now, but I'm saying even then, you know, in my early twenties, I, I, <laughs> I never had that thing. Like, okay, I want to be a part of, I mean, let's use today's terms. I want to be a part of a Bethel music. I want to be a part of an, an upper room. That was never in my yeah. thinking. I always just wanted to see revival at my church back where I came from. So anyway, right. so um, I, w I walked through a bunch of things and I got to the ramp and walked through some things there that were, you know, just things in me that I needed to work out. And I started to realize, you know, when you talk about kingdom family, I think the, the, the important word there is family. And I say that because I think that right. we over-spiritualize things more than we should. You know, the Bible says, 
a man is like a tree uh, planted by, you know, a man can be like a tree planted by root. The kingdom is like a seed. Um, and you can learn a lot by studying uh-huh. natural things and understand spiritual dynamics. And it's not weird. It's just reality. And sometimes mm-hmm. when people think of the term kingdom family, they get weird. But what does a family start with? It starts with a father. Mm-hmm. And so I started realizing through mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. I didn't have a father. I was fatherless. And I started going, okay, yeah. then this is a root mm-hmm. for some of my issues because my insecurity comes from there. Because I never, you know, even I love my natural dad. But the reality is when I told him, you know, I'm, I feel called to do something for God. His first response is, well, you better have a backup plan because I don't think that'll work out. You know, mm-hmm. so even those little things like that, you're right. like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, I thought you'd be fired. <laughs> you know, I want to do something for Jesus. He's like, no, you need to get a job and make as much cash as you can, brother. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's I right. realized that's right. I was fatherless and needed a voice in my life that uh, was authoritative, uh, that was safe, uh, that could declare to me the faithfulness of God. Um, that could look at me and say, I've been where you've been and you're going to get through it. But also that could look at me and say, I'm going to tell you, no, you're not going to do that. And my response would be, yes, sir. You know what I mean? Um, I realized my need for that. Right. And as I realized that I was just happy to meet that person while I was a part of the ramp. God worked it out that way to where I met my apostle, uh, Damon Thompson, Mm -hmm. which some of your listeners may know, they may not know, but, um, uh, met him there and we've walked together now for 15 years and what happened was is wow. as he began to see things about the ministry system i was seeing them too but he had more of an influence to walk out that i could help that i could follow um and and i realized right after as that as that thing began to progress, I realized, good God, I was never a part of the system in my, like, like this is always who I've been. Even since I was a boy, this is always Mm -hmm. what I was built for was something different. And so what happened was, Mm. uh, like I said, I had that radical encounter with God 20, went to Bible school, was a part of the ramp for a long time ministry, you know, was able to do, and listen, I'm not going to over, I'm not going to act like people know who I am, Stanton, you know, People love to act that way. They love to overexert their influence. You know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, the, the <laughs> ramp, the ramp was known in the south, southeastern part of America by by youth groups. I don't want to over Correct. like act like you know I was known Correct. all over the nation. I mean, nobody, no, that's that's just not true. You know what I mean? And it's 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 pretentious to act like that is true. Right. You know what I'm saying? But but um, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, I was able to see things in my time and I mean, even do little things like I did TBN a couple times and I, I seen some things and was around people and around the world of ministry. You know, when I left Hamilton Stanton, I, you know, I had an offer from a uh, over 10,000 member mega church in another part of America that is nationally known uh-huh. that wanted me to uh-huh. come be the worship leader there. Um, and so I had these opportunities mm-hmm. But there was an aching in my heart. The, the kingdom man sees a seed. And uh, I realized I'm going to go back home to where I'm from, to where this whole thing started for me. And I'm going to take a church of less than 50 people that couldn't pay me. 
and I'm going to see if mm-hmm. I can raise up a family here with an apostle uh, and see if I can start something that was different than the system and not care what pe- kind of clothes people wore and, you know, and, and, and not this ambition to be known in the world of ministry. I, I, I jokingly say I left the ministry about eight years ago because I don't care about, I'm grateful, dude, for everyone. I want to be like Paul. I'm grateful for everyone that's preaching Jesus. I'm grateful for it, man. Go for it. Do it. But dude, mm-hmm. I'm just not called. I, I don't want to be in any more green rooms. I don't care. I don't want to be in any, any more of that right. stuff, you know, and I'm grateful for those people and I'm thankful for what God is doing. And there will always be people God raises up. But, uh, I have, I believe, and I'm not saying it has to be everybody's path, but I believe I have found a more excellent way. And that is mm-hmm. a, and that is a hidden kingdom lifestyle where I am able to be the best dad and husband I can be walk with my apostle and raise up a family. I don't, I don't know anywhere. Uh, it's just different. I read the Bible through a different lens. Now I think I'm a little all over the place for you, Stanton, but the point is, is that I believe I, yeah, I believe I found something, you know, when my apostle and I started walking together 15 years ago, and I've walked with him, the same man, for 15 years, and I plan on walking with him till I die. I, 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 um, I found something. I seen a purity of heart in a man. I didn't say perfection, but I seen a purity of heart in a man that I believed I could follow. And um, when I seen that purity of heart, I said, yeah. I, I know what that's like because I feel that in me. You know, at the end of the day, all we want is Jesus. And the facts are, Stanton, a lot of people in ministry can't say that. You know what I mean? And I'm not, let me, let me be clear. I'm not saying I'm That's fully true. there. I'm saying I want to be fully there. You see what I mean? I don't want to take a haughty position. Like <laughs> I right. only want Jesus and nobody else does. I don't want, I don't want it to come across that way at all. I'm saying I want to want only Jesus. And, and, uh, and so yeah. we've been on a journey, man, and, and exiting ministry world system thinking and, uh, and the truth is the world doesn't need another ministry. It needs fathers. It needs family. It needs, That's right. you know, the world we live in today, there was the right. things you're seeing on the news and it's all, it's all fatherlessness. You know, these people rioting, acting crazy going And I understand people saying, Hey, it's injustice. I get that. But, but, uh, the result of much of that is fatherlessness. The response is fatherlessness. Um, it's, it's, we're seeing fatherlessness on full display and, uh, and, and somebody's got to be a seed Stanton. See somebody, uh, somebody and Hunter, excuse me, somebody's got to say, I will give up my life for another generations. Somebody at some point in human history has got to say, I don't care about my ministry. I will die. I will go and be a safe place for other people. I will be a safe place where sons and daughters can come to me mm-hmm. I will, and not and not and not prostitute them for their gifts. That's good. Not use them for ministry platforms, not use them mm-hmm. to make the church bigger. I, I don't care about mm-hmm. any of that. I care about their souls. Mm-hmm. I want to see them on fire. For, I want to see their marriages healthy, their families healthy, their families. So and so it's just another way of thinking, man, where where the ministry is not the most important thing. The family is. Yeah. Yeah, and the ministry is, is completely That's secondary. Exactly right. You know what I mean? It's totally secondary. It's like, um, you know, people have 
people were flipping out during this pandemic, you know, oh my God, we can't go to church. Oh, we've got to stand up to be able to go to church. Oh my God. And you know, some of these people, you know, these American Christians, I want to ask them, Hey, here's a good question for you. Y'all whine and complain that prayer has been out of schools for 40 years. Well, here's what's neat. Your kids have been homeschooled for the last eight months. Was prayer in school then? You understand what I'm saying? Because I bet you 90% of them ain't prayed at their kitchen. I'm talking about real. I'm not talking about God bless this food. I'm talking about, I bet, I bet prayer wasn't at school for the last eight months either. It's what I'm saying. Some of this American Christianity is just hypocrisy and falsehood. And, and, and I don't think it's my job to call it out per se. I'm just saying that God is raising up a remnant of people that don't care about the ministry world. They want to be men who, who, who truly live holy lives. And I'm talking about heart clean. I, I don't necessarily mean, Hey, we don't do this and we don't do this and we don't do this. Yes, that comes with the territory. But I'm saying men who have hearts of purity that are from, they're not whitewashed tombs. I mean, Pharisees can do all the stuff we call holiness, bro. Mm. You see what I mean? But, but Pharisees can't have hearts. Right, that's, right. that's the difference. And so, so there's a difference between, you know, mm. outward holiness and true inward God kind of holiness where your nature is shifted because you understand the love of God for you. But I mean, we could go on for hours and hours, but the, at the end of the day, I made a switch in my life, man. I said, listen, I don't care. I don't want to be a part of these, uh, this ministry culture anymore. And I, and what was weird is I knew that from the time I was a boy and didn't realize it. You know, it was weird. I, I say I never wanted to be in ministry and I still don't want to be in ministry, but in a different way, I say that now I just want to be in the kingdom and I want to, I want to be a father. I want to be a, a mm. dad, a husband and a man of God. And by man of God, I don't mean preacher. I don't mean minister. I want to be a man of God and whatever ministry quote unquote flows out of that is fine with me, but I don't want to be a minister first and have my character coming up second. I want to be a man of God first and let the ministry that God would have for me flow out of me as a secondary reality uh, to the world. And we're seeing great fruit from it, man. We're seeing great fruit. I mean, marriage is saved people, radical encounters with Jesus, returning to apostolic function and doctrine um, and leaving the systems of ministry and the systems of the world. And uh, I just don't have any use for it anymore. I believe there are good people in the system, Stanton. I don't hate people that are in the system, uh, but I I couldn't do it any longer. Uh, The political ambition in the ministry, the desire to be known, the desire for money, the desire for recognition, the desire to use our gifts at any means necessary. I don't want to do any of that. I want to be able to lay my head on my pillow at night, have peace with God, knowing my heart is pure. I have not manipulated to do anything in my life and that me and Jesus are in a good place. And that's where I'm at. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for I'm grateful for an apostle I want to- who led me in that journey. Yeah. I think that's so good. And sure. I, want, I want you to speak. I'm going to ask you two things and we'll wrap up. If, if there's young ministers, um, young, young guys yep. In, yep. in the quote unquote full-time ministry yep. world, just like you were, and then made the transition, but maybe they're listening to yep. this brand and they're here, they're hearing your language about y- your heart yep. posture and what you're after. And, and there's probably something coming alive on the inside of them. Sometimes I think it takes, um, I've even heard uh, Dutch share about the difference between 
when we look at the Greek, obviously in Mark 2, verse 22, when Jesus comes and he says, no one pours new wine into an old wine skin. Obviously, that word wine right. and wine skin are two different words. And um, but what's but what is so important is that sometimes it's not that the heart posture is wrong. Sometimes that old wineskin is there and it's not that it's an old person or it's not that their heart is wrong. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about a an old wineskin. A lot of times the heart is pure, but they just need somebody to come alongside it, come alongside of them, look them in the face and say, hey, you actually do have permission to be authentic and do what, do what God's called you to do, which is yeah. the, thing, the things yeah. that you just described. So, so what would you say to the young uh, men or women of God that are listening to this? Sure. Maybe they're leading a church. Maybe they're a youth pastor. Maybe they're, a lead, maybe they're leading a church, and they're hearing this, and they're saying, man, I'm, I'm really bearing witness, and I'm really stirred by what Bryn is sharing with this. What would you say to them if they're really if they really have a desire to say, you know what? I, I mean, sure. I would like to be a part of something like that. Or I I mean, I feel like you're kind of giving yeah. me permission to think differently. What would you say? OK, to that well, quickly? I would say, we'll first of all, language creates culture. Language is very important. Um, it's I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was uh, 19 years old, someone gave me a CD of a man called Jason named Jason Upton. Of course, you know who he is then. But when I heard this CD playing, I played it in my car. I was driving from Raleigh, North Carolina, back to where I'm from. It's about two hours. I played the CD in my car for two hours straight. Never heard of the person before. It was on a blue CD with Sharpie on it. It said Jason Upton. I put it in my car. I put it in my uh, sweet Nissan Pathfinder at the time, Hunter. I know you'll appreciate that. Come on. And and um, so I throw Come it on, in it. and I my heart explodes inside of me, Stanton, and I go, holy smokes. This guy is putting language to what I feel in my heart, but I couldn't understand. I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to say mm -hmm. it. And language creates culture. Any culture mm -hmm. in the world, you go to you go to anywhere in the world when they want to assert dominance, they go and assert their language into it because language creates culture. So I would say this. If you want to be a part of an apostolic revival family culture, find people who are speaking the language. OK, there has to be a finding of the people who are speaking the language mm -hmm. and then you have to pursue it. You know, I mean, you know, people get upset with me about this, Stanton, but the reality is you have I don't mean you. I'm talking in generalities. I'm saying people have what they want to have, Stanton. You know what I mean? They're, they're, listen, I mean, you know, people say I want to be a part of something like that. It's like, well, then within what price are you willing to pay? Well, I don't know. I just can't find a church in my hometown. Well, it might not mm -hmm. be in your hometown. You may have to move. And it's like, well, I can't do that. I can't do it. And, 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 and listen, exactly I, I, right. I want to be kind, but I also want to be honest. We have to be able to look at people and say, well, then something is in a boundary there where you don't want it enough to make the kind of decisions you need to make uh, to do it. I wanted to be a yeah. part of this kingdom family enough where I would I gave up every other ministry, quote unquote, opportunity. You know, people calling me and I'm going, I don't want to do that. I don't care about any of that. Well, it can financially benefit you. Your name can be out there. We can help make you something. And I remember sitting across from a world famous uh, evangelist. And I mean world famous. If, if I would tell you his name, you would know who I'm talking about. And I would, he was basically telling him, you don't want to do any of this. And I looked at him, I said, I really don't. And he, it was like he couldn't understand what I was saying. Why? He doesn't understand the language. And there is a language to the kingdom. And uh, I think people, if there are young men, young women, leaders listening to this, number one, I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush. You need an apostle. 
uh, and you need someone who's speaking the language. Yeah. And you need someone you can submit your life to. You need someone that's a part of this. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's God's will that everybody move, that everybody make these drastic decisions. I am saying though, that it's God's will that every person that says they want to be a part of this kind of thing is willing to do that. See, it's more of a heart posture than it is geographical, but sometimes the heart has to move geographically. And I'm not making too much of that, but what I'm saying is there has to be a willingness to connect to voices that are speaking the language of the culture of the kingdom of God, no matter the cost, no matter the cost. And that may be initially through podcasts. That may be initially through teaching. That may be initially through YouTube. It may be going to visit a church or visit a conference or whatever it is. But there's going to have to be for this to fully work for people, quote unquote, it's going there. There will come a time where God will ask them, you know, for much more than that. So I would just say, start where you are. Find people who are speaking the language and listen and listen. And if it makes your heart come alive, listen and listen again and listen again and listen again and allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you in what the next step for your life is uh, and what it would be for you to connect at a greater level to people, families, houses, apostles, prophets that are using this language. Um, and I think it happens progressively, obviously, but uh, I think the, I think, I think what you're doing is, is uh, for like, Hey, t- not to make a pun, but it's a ramp. Every, it, this is an entry point for people today, Stanton, that are listening to this. They may be hearing something and they're going, that is what I want to be a part of. That alone is an entry point and they just need to follow that and keep pursuing and the Lord will lead them, you know. Come on. Come on. Before, before Come on, finish, Hunter. I, I think Hunter wanted to interject for a minute. Go ahead, buddy. I just wanted to touch on something you, you spoke on, Brandon, when you said kingdom family and the emphasis on family. You know, when we preach the message of Jesus, uh, he, he preached the message of the kingdom, so we can't help but emphasize the kingdom there. But when it comes to family, I love what you said about it being not over-spiritualizing, but making it practical. Because when we read the scriptures and we see the quote-unquote model that was laid yes, it was. in the book of Acts, a lot of stuff, what they did was practical. Right. They just, That's they right. Just, That's you know, right. Hey, they had meals together. They just did life together. And so my thoughts are, hey— outside of what's labeled the extension, what have you seen that's worked practical advice, two to three things that hey, either helping establish or maintain that, that family, that culture of family. And that was actually exactly the way Hunter okay. didn't know this, but that's the way that I wanted to wrap this up. And I even wrote this down exactly what he just said. How, how would you say going about stewarding yep. this yep. on a week to week, month to month basis, because Hunter yep. and I have come, to a Carolina yep. revival yep. where you guys are stewarding yep. an environment where the presence of God dwells and the yep. spirit of revival is being stirred there. That doesn't just happen. I think so many people think that that's just, right. That's you know, right. Just falls and kabooms out of the sky. You know, there's a price that has to be paid in order to, in, in order that's to right. drink from, okay. from what we're talking yeah, about. Well, so you know, here's, I love here's the deal. I mean, that. you know, when I look at the book of Acts, there's a bunch of things. I mean, and we're not there. I mean, good God, in Acts, they sold everything they had and laid it at the apostles' feet. You know, we, hey, let's go full cult status if you want to, Stanton Hunter. Let's start doing, I'm, you know, uh, but um, I don't want to scare your listeners, Stanton. I'm joking. If I'm, I'm being, I'm joking with him, but the point is, the point is, is that um, <laughs> these people in the book of Acts, Stanton, 
we're people of like encounter. What I'm saying is, is, hey, listen, man, mm-hmm. I love people, Hunter, Stan, I love them. I believe there's a lot of people going to heaven, but there's not a lot of people that have had like encounter with me. And, and, and you can't keep that. The, mm. the, the genesis for the family element of what I'm talking about, and here's where it does get spiritual, is only people of like, like encounter understand what you're talking about. So like, you know, the guy, listen, I'm not mm-hmm. hating on anyone. Please hear this again. People have to walk in the light they've been shown. They have to they have to walk their process and their journey out. But the guy who who you know just made a decision for Jesus and now he's a you know he's a dental hygienist and he you know he just you know drives his Camry every day and you know goes to church on Wednesday night for Bible study Sunday. He might not know what we're talking about simply because he's not had the level of encounter. I'm not even saying that's his fault. I'm saying he just haven't had that level of encounter. And the reality is, guys, is you're not going to be able at times to keep that kind of fire burning, hanging around people like that all the time, because they just don't know what you're talking about. And so what I mean is, is you're simply going to have to find people of like encounter. I mean, even what you guys are doing, you and Stanton, you and Hunter together, those you two young men together can keep each other burning back and forth. Man, I've been in the book of Colossians. Listen to this. Listen to this. Man, I've been here. At the end of the day, it isn't overly spiritual, but the genesis of it is. And the kingdom family we're talking about must begin in that level of encounter. Hey, buddy, my son's coming out. He's got on his Captain America outfit, Mm. Stanton, before we leave. He's got on his Captain America pajamas. He's got on goggles. Let's do it. He's he's got on goggles. He's bringing out his toolbox with his ratchets and everything in it. I know, buddy. Hey, hang on one second. I'm going to finish something up on the phone, okay? I love you, best pal. You're my best pal. <laughs> uh, so, any, okay. so, so anyway, <laughs> what, okay. what I'm saying is, though, is that when you find people of like encounter, it's it's then it becomes super practical. Then you have to do life together. You do eat meals together. You are hanging out together. Mm-hmm. You're texting each other. Man, I've been in this place in the in the word. I've been man, man, listen. Hey, help me with this. I'm praying about this. Help me with this right here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I need some I need some yes, buddy. His name's Stanton. Would you like to say hello? No, okay, fine. But you but you but <laughs> but you have to have people <laughs> like encounter. So there's the spiritual element. And then the practical element is you just gotta do life together, mm-hmm. man. You got to go eat together. You got to hang out together. And that stuff is spiritual. That's what's funny. It's what they did in the in the New Testament. Okay. You do want to say hello? Okay. Come here and say hello real quick in my earphone real quick. Say hello. That's right. Uh, Come here close. Close. Say say hello. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, hey, go back inside with mom real quick and then I'm coming in. Hello. What's up, man? Okay. But, uh. But that's that's it. And see, even stuff like this, Stanton, like back in other days, I, I would I be that. a part of ministries and conferences and they would be like, hey, we're not sure about your kids being around. I'm like, well, then if you don't want my kids around, you don't want me. And I'm not talking about kids that aren't disciplined and are, I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying just you kids being me. kids. You know what I'm saying? And see, that's what I'm saying. This thing is not about this big ministry thing. Oh, we've got to act like we've got everything together and praise. God. No, you know, I'm on my back porch right now. It's a cool fall night here in North Carolina. My kids are going to walk out here and that's part of it. And I'm, and I love it. You know what I mean? But so I would, I would tell people standing, let me finish this. I would tell people find people of like encounter, man, 
if it's just one. Stanton, if all you have in this season of your life is Hunter, and Hunter, all you have in this season of your life is Stanton, then don't let each other go, man. Be together. You know what I mean? Do life together. Talk about your dreams together. Talk about your mm-hmm. disappointments together. Do all of that together. And uh, and you'll see this beautiful thing. Because, see, let me say this, and I'll finish it. And the reason this is important, the Scripture says, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Yes. But what is the hope of God's glory? It's Christ in you. Yes, sir. See, see we're, not, we're not waiting for something to fall out mm-hmm. of the sky. See, why family is so the important is glory. it yes, could sir. be that the glory you need is in the person sitting beside of you at dinner. It could be that the power you need and see, and again, wow. and we could, again, wow. we could go That's for good. hours, but, and here's where we get into the element of honor because honor is the thing that unlocks those gates in people to experience what the Christ in them. You know what I mean? So you, you have to one, find people of like encounter good. Two, honor them and three, do life together. And instead of looking for so-and-so famous guy to give you a word of knowledge, you can be sitting having tacos at the dinner table and the friend that you've been walking with for 10 years look over at you and up out of their belly comes a word for you that shifts your whole your whole life because this stuff is only safe in the context of family. So, And we are seeing it manifest. We're seeing it happen. And people are getting sick of the system. They're getting tired of what they've always known. And they're going, I know there has to be more, but it's not more coming out of the sky, Stanton. It's more coming out of you and I. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're learning how to love one another, honor one another, see each other through the the, the lens of the kingdom of God. And we're building family. And it's not perfect. We don't have it all together, but we're on the path. And that's what I think. I don't think every 